What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Brooklyn Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and today we're talking to Paperboy Love Prince, aka Paperboy Prince of the Suburbs. They are a congressional candidate in the 2020 race in my district in New York, a rapper, activist, community organizer, designer, small business owner. The list really just goes on and on, and they're just an all-around dope person. They've toured with Azalea Banks for their music and are known for bangers such as Yang Gang Anthem, Spread Love Like a Virus, and my personal favorite, I Got the Governor Mad. Today we sat down to talk Paperboy's music, their race for Congress, community initiatives, and their plans for the future. So without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy the show. Barely started. So. We did. Okay. <laughs> paper. Yeah. yeah it's our time. time. What's up, guys? What's up, paper boy? Thanks so much for joining hey. the Brooklyn Founders podcast. Oh, I love it. But thanks for letting me do your slogan with you. Like, I literally walk around my apartment saying that. And you can ask my roommate. No, I'm dead ass. Really? <laughs> like, I do. <laughs> so it's so exciting to say it with you. I feel like Aww. energetically, it's like powerful. Thank you. But that's so cute too. You're you're also very cute, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, really, I love it. Oh my god. Okay. Um, can we tell everyone a little bit about your slogans and like? So normally I wouldn't. I don't have a host who wants to do the slogan with me, or if they do, they don't tell me. But when I get introduced, I I stop and I say, hey, before I say anything, I have to say this. Yeah. <laughs> paper. Yeah, <laughs> it's our time. <laughs> So, um, and, you know, it was just haha paper, yeah. I always started with that. But now I do the, it's our time as well because, you know, that's also for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our time is for the people. It's inspirational for the people. And it's supposed to inspire people to know that it's their time to make it. It's their time to do it. Totally. It's their time to change the world. Amen. Um, and the new one is? You deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my new slogan, which... <laughs> You know, and I've had it for a while. I probably have had it for even a year, and I haven't been able to actually, like, um, <clears throat> really get it popping. Yeah. Why? Because it doesn't come as naturally yet, but I, I want to start, I want to get it out there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I need a song to do it, or I don't know. I want to get it out there. That, and I also want to do more dances. I'm trying to get more Ooh. more dances popping. At like, the next cookout. Yeah. You I'm could try- teach us all. Yeah, I'm trying to just like do them online. Like my goal is to dance every day. I wanted to even dance today. <clears throat> I need to be dancing more. Cause I'm oh a- my god, I just started dancing too, like just for fun. Like I, you know, SZA's song hit different. Mm. Have you seen her choreo? I, I so good. I haven't, but I have to look it you up. Have to we'll, watch we'll, a video. Can you show it to me? Well, maybe after the podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. That's actually dance moves. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's tell everyone <laughs> about you. Like, who are who is Paperboy? So congressional candidate, yes, rapper. I'm, I'm Paperboy Prince, Paperboy Love Prince, also known as Paperboy Prince of the Suburbs. Um, you know, I'm an artist, a rapper, an activist, a uh, community organizer, a lover, a web developer. Um, awesome. Where are you from? So many different things. Uh, so. I like to say that I'm from all over uh, because I've, you know, lived a bunch of different places, but spent a lot of time in the D.C. area, Maryland, as well as here in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I've also lived in Spain. So yeah, I've had a lot of different experiences and it's been amazing. Yeah. Where'd you go to university? I went to college in Maryland at University of Maryland, College Park, and it was great. But I also went to a lot of different other schools too. I spent time at Howard University in DC. I spent time at uh, Harvard University in Cambridge. Um, I spent time at NYU. um, And now I'm gonna be giving even some lectures at some universities coming up um, in the coming school year. So, so yeah, I've done a lot of stuff in education and, um, I don't even really talk about that a lot because yeah. I kind of don't want to seem too educated sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, because, cause you're running for the people. Is that, that can come, it can come off elitist, mm. um, and people box you in with education, especially right. as I feel like a young person and a young rapper type person, they're like, oh, you're educated. You went to college, so you should talk about this, or you should do this, or you should do things in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not the paperboy way. So I kind of even sometimes like hide my educational achievements um, and just let my art speak for himself. But I still use everything I learned all the time, plus more. I just not in the traditional way. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> and then you don't have to spend any time like explaining something you don't want to. Right. So why did you... Like, I'm sure a lot of people think I probably didn't even go to college. But, like, I graduated from college. I got, like... I was, like, on Dean's List. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, And I... Say it loud, say it proud. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was getting... I was valedictorian in high school. So I I got really good grades and have gotten scholarships and all these things. But... Yeah. For me, that doesn't mean anything if you can't explain high-level concepts in a very, in layman's terms, basically, in a very, like, efficient way. Yeah. It's not, it's not about, oh, knowing all this stuff. It's about being able to use that to work with people. So you went to all those colleges, and then did you always want to get into politics? Or how did you decide to run for fucking Congress? You know, for me, I did always want to run. And not just run. I actually wanted to uh, be a representative. Yeah. In the since you were like way. a teenager? Yes, yeah, since I was probably younger than a teenager. Mm. I had the opportunity to uh, spend time on Capitol Hill while I was living in the D.C. area. Um, and basically, my mom helped me be able to like have like lunch with members of Congress one day. And I got to like... What did ha- your mom do? My mom is a lawyer um, and she, like a business owner. My parents are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was like working with the PTA at my school and then like one of uh, a member of Congress like their I think one of their kids went to the school or something like that and somehow the, it was like a part of a uh, raffle cool. or something like that cool. to, to like <laughs> be able to like go to Capitol Hill and have uh, lunch with like a Congress member. But like I'm like 10 or 11 like I don't like care yeah at that point like it's just like oh a thing like okay like we're having lunch like who cares like uh, you know I have to dress up but like from there I actually got to learn go there see what they do 
like get exposed to it. Oh, I got get to go inside this big building. I've seen this building before. Like everything was like the the dots were connected really early for me as a kid, and so I'd always been looking at that and and the power that was at that office, um, and the you know potential that it can be used for. And I was always looking at oh, why aren't they doing stuff like this or why is anybody doing stuff like that? And so, and then. 2020 it just really seemed like the right time yeah but i mean do you have to kind of plan for this thing this type of thing or like how does one especially one so young like just decide like i'm gonna run for congress right well i've been planning for it for a while like i said i've already been watching and planning and i've all i was already very knowledgeable on local politics yeah um not maybe not so much actually on local politics but on national politics and um uh just the system in general so yeah i was i was pretty already focused on that Mm -hmm. more than most people so that i already knew i had a really great base level of understanding and and i already have a bunch of friends that in college i also did a bunch of activist work yeah um so i had a bunch of friends that actually were in office already all over the country that i was able to talk to and they didn't actually give me much help, but I had already been watching them. I'd been talking with them. I'd been um, <clears throat> doing all this stuff. And then I spent over a year researching and uh, compiling data, researching, uh, talking to different consultants, um, you know, talking to family members, all this thing. So I spent a long time researching, and there's a lot of people right now that are trying to replicate our movement or like basically like copy what I did and like using me as like a blueprint. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's good or bad? Well, I was saying that to say like, but the one thing that they don't, there's a lot that they don't see. And a lot of it is all the behind the scenes work that I do, which is a ton of like administrative, like planning type of like paperwork type stuff. And then the research, I'm a very well read, very well researched person. Like, uh, meaning like I'll research my research research <laughs> literally like I like that's good because too many people just see something on Twitter and believe it and, right and or they just hop out there and for me I don't want to because I'm doing things so in a crazy unconventional way I want to be way more knowledgeable than everyone else right. you see what I'm saying so yeah. that that when they have an issue it's like yo or when something arises, I have the knowledge to stand on. I'm just not standing here as somebody who wanted to jump out there and have attention. Yeah. It's like, no, I actually did the research. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, 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 I just wanted to be well-researched. So a lot of people don't know the research that goes into it, and I can't stress that enough. Like, I spent a lot of time reading and researching. Like, right. And I almost was not about to do it because of certain research um, yeah, sometimes I feel like the less you know, like <laughs> the easier it is to do something because you just kind of jump in, but it's also obviously good to be well-informed. Right, and then, then you can just like make, because this is something that is just, it, you know, if you don't th- do things right, you can go to jail. Mm. Like a, a simple mistake, you can go to jail for certain things. You know, people doing things with like election finance and all these yeah. things and... Uh, that's so ironic too because there's so much corruption like in general right in the system with right. voting and election fraud and like money and like, yeah right there's a lot there's a lot so for me i was very well researched and that was important to me yeah 
And what's the message that you're spreading? I mean, I know that love is a core component of of your congressional message, but like because that is so unconventional, like how did people react to that? Like you you go around saying I'm spreading love, but like what does that mean to like the people and like how how do people react to that? You know, that means being like a positive person. That means standing for something. That means I'm an artist, but when I'm doing events, you know, or when I'm making music or when I'm making content or whatever, it's not something that is going to make you feel depressed. It's going to be something that makes you feel uplifted. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something where you're going to leave feeling better than you came, where you're, you're going to be feel good, right? Um, something that's not going to be degra- degrading to women, something that's not going to be degrading to uh, black people, something that's not going to be degrading to myself, something that's not going to be, um, you know, taking shots at trans folk or yeah. um, less fortunate. So it's just like, like caring about these people. It's It's inspiring people. It's inspiring people. And it's not just being like, a servant of the people it's not just that uh, it's also like taking care of yourself and doing good for yourself because it's like yo when you're doing well when you're following your goals and following your dreams that's inspiring yeah like you can tell people to follow their dreams you can help people follow their dreams but if you actually do that for yourself that's super inspiring because they're like wait they did it like, like like it's what the it's the idea of like you and your friends are all trying to jump over a gate, but it's like so big, no one can do it. And then you see one friend do it. It's like, wait, if Timmy can do it, I definitely can do it. Cause yeah. Timmy ain't no stronger than me, smarter than me, better than me. Da da. So, yeah. you know, it's that idea. It's like, wait, if Paperboy can spread love and Paperboy can uh, follow what they believe, then I can do the same. I can be happy and, and yeah. all of these things. So that's, I think also what I'm trying to do with this podcast is like, let people know, like, if you think your voice doesn't matter, you don't matter. Like, look at what one person can do just on social media, just with their music. Like, look at what, not even that you have to run for Congress or anything, but you can rally community. You can be there for people and, like, spread love and, like, just not be, you matter, basically. Like, what you do matters. Um, And there's ways, if you don't know how to go about starting things. Like, one of the things for me is, like, people who started coming together to pick up trash like in in the neighborhood that they saw was trash I was like wow this is incredible because earlier this year I wanted to start an initiative to clean up Bushwick but I literally didn't know how like and I couldn't think about like ways to do it until I became involved with all these groups that I was seeing on Instagram so that's kind of what message I want to spread have have you been doing it because we've been actually been doing cleanups too yeah I have been doing it with this voice or this group in Greenpoint in Williamsburg called Echoed Voices and this other one called Cleanup Crews. It used to be called Brooklyn Cleanup Crews, but they've since expanded to like Manhattan, areas of Manhattan and Queens. So yeah. So all summer I've pretty much been getting involved in like just knee deep in trash every weekend. But but for me, like I I didn't know how to start something like that. So I was lucky enough to find these groups and then learn how they did it. Um, but that's what I think is inspiring about you is that you're just one person, but you have, you know, all this community behind you and this message 
in this impact. <laughs> Thank you. D does it feel like I have community behind me? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't get together a cookout and like have people show up and like bring food. Like maybe I could if I tried really, really hard, but. You know what? That's so crazy. Like something like that. I don't even, I compare I, in my mind. I'm like, oh man, we don't have like, I don't have like 5,000 people like pop, pulling up all the time or like, but I didn't need, don't even think about it on that level of like, oh yeah, I do a cookout or I do an event or things. And it's just like in a couple of days, it'll be people coming together. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of it like, Sometimes I, I don't even see where things are because mm -hmm. it's just, it's so normal. Yeah. You know? You're so. ingrained in it, but you don't see, like, the impact that you have or the, the power that you have. And even online, like, you're following on social media. Those people are behind you as well, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm definitely trying to figure out how to better, like, better express myself online, better use all that because I consider, I consider, like, social media, honestly, super important. Like, I'm a musician i'm a rapper but like to me like social media is just as important as the music mm -hmm. because it's new it's newer than music how long have you been making music for uh, a while since i was like a kid i've been you know singing and stuff in church and all of that but um making my own music as paperboy it's also been a while <laughs> it's been a while so, but I still, I've never put my focus just on that because I've always been interested in like creating, expressing myself and just creating in general more so than like making a dope song and like promoting that. Yeah. But now I'm trying to get into that more. Mm -hmm. We also still need to talk about like the fashion stuff too. I'm not saying on the podcast, but I'm saying like uh, oh, yeah, later. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, I've been making music for a while. Um, so you toured with Azalea Banks? I understand. I did, yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about that? <laughs> I did, yeah. Shout, shout out to Azalea. She's a a good friend and a dope artist and a New Yorker. Yeah. And was like, honestly, was like a fan of my stuff, like of my like beats and... Um, so she found you or you reached out? Yeah, yeah. She She reached out to me. I was actually like... Like, she reached out to me. I actually wanted to sign me to her label. And, yeah, so I toured with her. I've, like, we have, like, songs together. So not all of them have come out. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, still they're still there. Yeah, she's in Cali now, so we're, we're definitely going to make it happen, like, once back here. We still, like, you know, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, that's not your main focus right now, as you... Music is still an important focus, but yeah. like music is actually a super important focus. So, and I'm ready for us to put our songs out, honestly. And Azalea, if you're listening, like let's put out our music. <laughs> let's just put out our music ASAP. She hits me up too, like, yo, let's put out the music. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like sometimes I'll be not about it. At that time, she's like less about it, but I'm like at this point. And this, What's holding one you of back? the songs we have is like literally for this time. Yeah. It's like for this time right now. Y'all need to release it. Someone out there needs to hear it. I probably need to hear it. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm in, like, some of her music videos and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, like, vulnerable stuff, or is it, like... It's, uh... Like, the name of the song that I'm thinking of is called War Cry. Mm -hmm. Which will... 
is what the name is now. Who knows? It might change, but yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think people, especially in this year, are running out of steam. I know. I feel like, you know, every day is something new in the media or like with climate change or with politics or in my personal life, and I'm sure in everyone else's lives too. So it's like, it gets overwhelming. So when artists and creators come out with new content, it's like very inspiring. <laughs> it's like what we need, you know? Definitely. I'm trying to work on a bunch of stuff. I'm, I've been so busy with behind the scenes stuff that I haven't really been able to like work on content and then like COVID shutting stuff down. Like one of my main places I recorded videos was on the subways. That's what I was like kind of known for. It was like being a subway performer and street performer and yeah. all these things. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't been able to do that. I haven't really felt comfortable doing that. Yeah. And like, you know, I want to do it without a mask because the stuff is just funnier without a mask. Yeah. Or even, even other people's reaction is funnier without a ma them not having a mask on. So it's like kind of takes the, the fun out of some of what I was doing. But so. I mean, look at the BMAs. They just did all that stuff pretty much mask on. The yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. And that, but that's just like, that's like a big high level production. This was supposed to be like funny, like street, like kind of yeah. like amateur style stuff, yeah. you know, super candid. And it's like the mask just totally takes away the like You need the facial expressions. But anyway, <laughs> maybe you could go down there at like 3am when no one's there. <laughs> but that's the thing. I like it when people are there. Because then I get all the reactions. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny that you say that you like seeing people's, like, reactions to you. Because that's, like, what most people are scared of when they, like, put something out or they're performing. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't want people to judge me. But, like, you want that. Yeah. I, you know, I still don't like when people are, like, don't like what I'm doing. Right? But, like, I really don't mind it. Like, I'm, I put myself out there for it to be, like, judged. Yeah. I'm super comfortable with that. Well, there's, like, a phrase. I think it's... I learned this in eighth grade. It's called, haters make you famous. So, the more hate you have, like, the better off you're doing, in my opinion. Is that, is that, is that true? Do haters make you famous? Yeah, I think so. Especially in 2020 with Twitter and social media and all that. I don't know, like, how healthy that is. Like, from a mental health perspective, to be someone in the spotlight and have that... But definitely, definitely, if you don't have haters, you're not popping. Yeah, you're that, not, you're I know not. that slogan. I've heard exactly. That you're doing something right if you've got haters. So, especially if you're doing something positive, because people are always gonna come for that. That's like what I'm I like. Know. And the thing I think about is like, if I was like in jail or I was like arrested or I got shot or something, I feel like people would be rallying behind me. They'd be like, "Yo, free paperboy, da da da." They'd be doing all of this, but when I'm trying to do something positive, when I'm running for office, when I'm speaking about these issues, when I'm fighting for housing justice, when I'm fighting for prison reform, when I'm fighting for, um, you know, reparations, when I'm fighting for a basic income, when I'm fighting for healthcare for all, when I'm fighting to end gentrification, people aren't riding for me like that, like that. Yeah. Like even in hip hop, if I was like in jail and just got out. I would be, for the last nine months, I would be, like, hot. But, like, I ran for office, and it's, like, it's different energy. Now, I would actually say that I am pretty hot, honestly. Low-key, <laughs> no, not hot as in, like, looking good. I mean, hot as in, like, we're making it happen right now. And I honestly feel like... It's our time. It, come on now. Come on now. It's our time. I also think that, you know, 
I'm one of the most groundbreaking artists out right now. Take politics out of it. I'm just talking about just the music and the art and the performances. That's how I personally feel. On the performance art side and hip hop and R&B and social media, yeah. I have to be in the top five or top 10 of most groundbreaking across all of those disciplines. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I feel because we're actually doing something different. It's DIY. And on top of all of that, I'm not backed by any major label or any yeah. uh, big company or anything. It's like all like self-funded. And you're not rapping about, you know, conventional rapper topics. You that, know, that's... To, come on, see, I didn't even, cause it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, if I was rapping about money, cars, clothes, hoes, Bitches, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And if it, I'd, I'd have definitely, I'd have been out here, but okay, I'm making songs about flubber, I'm making songs about spreading love, I'm making songs about politics, I'm making songs about cancel rent, I'm making so- it's like, <laughs> yang gang, <laughs> yang gang, you know what I mean? I'm making songs that are like, yo, th- yeah, come on, it's like, I'm not even trying to be on the radio with yeah. some of this stuff, so. But even still, it's still dope. And I'm doing it. I'm making the video myself where, where, you know, I'm making the beat myself a lot of times, recording it. Yeah. Um. So. And if anyone doesn't know, Paperboy has hits out like Spread Love Like a Virus. You got to do the math. I got the governor mad. <laughs> I got the governor mad. Yang Gang Anthem. Is that what that one's called? Yes. Yes. That That's that's a fire song. Um, <laughs> bought a Dolphin. <laughs> Is it is also one people like? Then I oh Pop Tart, that's my fucking favorite. Oh one. oh yeah, that's right. I performed that at the uh, <laughs> at the event. Yeah, hey, um, like this is for anyone who's ever had a Pop Tart. Yeah, Pop Pop. <laughs> I need to do the video for that. My friend. I who, loved Pop Tarts. Me too. My friend who did like a bunch of my art. She actually, um, well, I can't say where she worked, but we were supposed she was supposed to help me like direct the pop tart video yeah. i was gonna art direct it and it like never happened um so i never did that video but yeah but real talk you do rap about really important issues and i think you're bringing thank a you. lot of great awareness to it yeah because, thank thank you for centering the important issues yeah, so i was about to go down the pop tart rabbit hole and, like, <laughs> lose some people <laughs> right <laughs> but no go ahead oh yeah i just think that's you know Obama said something recently in a podcast with Michelle. That's a really good podcast, by the way. Um, he does the, the podcast with her? Her first interview was with him. Oh, smart. But he was, like, saying something about how people only care about government when it's not working. Like, people only realize what government, facets of what government is when it's broken. So that really resonated with me because I'm guilty of that. And, like, you rapping about, you know, things that are broken in the system brings, like, a level of fun to it. It brings awareness it like gets people listening and paying attention and i think that's what like our generation and gen z is going to resonate with going forward so i think that's why you have big future ahead of you thank you and i feel like i'm thinking of it the stuff i think of right i talk to the biggest politicians in the city which new york is like the biggest city i talk to the biggest politicians in the city and their staff and we and i tell them what we're doing and this is also like a year ago almost, right? They're like, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, like, genuinely, like, when nobody's looking, they're like, wow, that, that's actually a good idea. So, like, we had talked about maybe doing something like that, but it, but it's, like, one of those things of, like, 
You ain't talk about doing nothing like that. You're just saying it now, you know, but it's... Like, specifically what? Like, like, for example, right? Like, doing voter registration at my rap concerts. And this yeah. was, like, pre-COVID when you could fit hundreds of people into a bar. Like, you're like the more people you crammed in, the better, right? Like, um, yeah, we would do voter registration. Like, And then politicians never really... I mean, I feel like a lot of politicians don't want people to vote. <laughs> they they definitely don't want people going to rap shows voting and or, or consistently engaged and if they do it's just to be like we gotta beat Trump so da, da, da. they don't want you to actually like use your vote intelligently yeah they want you to use your vote for whatever they say we gotta beat Trump Their agenda yeah. yeah so for me um, which we do but there's obviously other issues <laughs> at hand ooh that's that's a good I need to remember that they don't want you to use your vote intelligently. Um, I think Ariana Grande registered, like, she's registered, like, hundreds of thousands of people to vote just at her concerts. She has a voting initiative on her tour. That's awesome. And so, like, that's, like, great. That's super great. And I love that. And for me, it's, like, someone like Ariana Grande, right? Like, her fan base is more so, like, people that, like, traditionally aren't non-voters, right? Like, like... Or they weren't going to care until someone like Ariana was like... Right, but I feel like a lot of them, though, a good amount of them would end up voting. Or maybe even a, you know, like... Because I'm guessing her fan base is, like, a lot of, like... Young girls. Yeah. I. So if they're old enough to register to vote, if you're, like, an 18-year-old... I don't want to get into too much into <laughs> Ariana Grande's... What I want to say is that right, my (laughs) fan base or my network, especially at the time when I started doing this, yeah, was super young, black, Latino, you know, raw, um, rambunctious, yeah, right. Also very smart too, but this 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 was my kind of people. And but they weren't really focused on voting, kind of like the quote you were saying about Obama, or until it doesn't work, like, and so they're not being reached out to. I feel like they're being taught the opposite. Um, and like I was a non-voter as well. Like I, at one point, and I I've also lost this message. I need to talk about this more. But I used to tell people not to vote what? because I felt like it didn't work. Yeah, I felt like it was rigged. I felt like it wasn't right, um, that it wasn't going to solve anything, that, you know, especially putting all your trusting in voting. I, I would actively tell people not to vote. Where did you get that idea? or like? Um, I mean, just from, like, watching the elections and, like, just seeing and, like, you know, knowing how little change happens, you know. Um, but what I realized is the reason that it doesn't work, I was right. <laughs> I was wrong to tell people not to vote, but I was right in that, it doesn't change much. And, but the, what I learned, and this is what really helped to kick me into action and in the way that I am in action, is that it's about you need to get a bunch of people to vote. Like your attitude has to be not just I'm voting, I'm taking 10 people with me to vote. Exactly. Or like, and I'm like, and you're strategic about it. Like I'm, if me and all of my friends, if I have three friends and we all, gather 10 people each to vote and and they all gather 10 people each yeah 
that's how you actually like have make change and if you do it consistently or if you if i gather if i know wait i'm a rapper i can get 300 people to, to a show yeah or, like in my neighborhood so then that means i can actually get use these same 300 people to make calls to our congressperson to tell them hey stop locking people up for xyz mm -hmm. using that same energy that we're putting into just having a fun night rallying that around letting us have a fun life right and like once i actually started learning that i'm like oh this is how we use our power our voting power in a more um you know yeah. powerful way i also think of just being like a regular person me i'm talking about like just getting out and like not being afraid to talk about politics or voting because i feel like it is sometimes taboo or people don't want to talk about it because it's not interesting or they, they think it doesn't apply to them but, like, I was volunteering somewhere, and I recently met... I was talking to this kid who worked at the food pantry that I was volunteering with. He was probably, like, 23. But I was like, so, who'd you vote for in the primaries? Like, just trying to start small talk. And he was like, oh, I actually didn't vote because I don't think my vote matters. And I, like, went off on him, kind of. I kind of went a little Michelle Obama on him. And but the <laughs> thing is, and my issue with Michelle Obama and, and Barack Obama and a lot of the people in power and people around who try to shame people for not voting yeah. is like... Why well, didn't shame? Oh, well, I'm not saying that, that, but I'm saying like the issue is, right, those people are right because their, their vote doesn't matter. That It hasn't been really valued. You know, they haven't really gotten anything for their vote. They haven't gotten anything back for it. They're right about that. They're like, wait, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's been used. Their vote has been co-opted. It's been used for the banks, the corporations, the real estate interests, yeah. all of these people. It hasn't been used for the people. But that's like where a candidate like you comes into play. Right. You're... But they have also haven't had any candidates that have been able to even be truly people candidates of the people it's been so few and far between it's rare and usually yeah. when it is one that it thinks for the people like somebody like an obama and they get all riled up and they think it's going to be changed and they think it's all these things and it's like wait things aren't getting better like they look better but they're not actually like getting better in a real way for me and my personal life the rent is skyrocketing in new york city yeah. the unemployment rate is going up. It's harder to find a job. It's harder to keep a job. It's harder to start a family. Mm -hmm. It's all of these things, right? More debt, more college debt. It's a, so, and people are saying that they're trying to solve these issues, but you don't see any action. So it's purposefully been done to make people not want to vote and not get interested. Like that, that is what the politicians are doing. But they, then that perpetuates like these same people staying in power. Exactly. So, so, but the person who's that, in that position who doesn't want to vote, they also don't see that. They don't see that by not voting, I'm also keeping things the same. Exactly. Because they think by, because also by voting, it's also keeping things the same as well. But it's That's pushing the paradox. towards change. It, is it? I hope it is. Trust me. I, I hope it is. I want people to vote. I'm registering <laughs> people to vote right now. Yeah. Right? But like, I mean, I think we have uh, the same way that it's, it's keeping people in power I mean, how it's, uh, like, not voting keeps those people in power. Yeah. Voting also helps to keep those people in power. It, it does. You know? So, if not done strategically. 
Yeah. And people aren't taught to vote strategically. So, so by not like, voting, by not being taught to vote strategically, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, so there's no class that teaches you how to vote. Strategic voting. For strategic you. voting is what I was basically breaking down before about, um, you know, basically campaigning. If you're a voter, you're a politician as well. You should be campaigning for whatever issues that matter that much to you. And so, if you're campaigning the same way how. A politician needs a bunch of votes to win. You need a bunch of votes for your vote to matter. Yeah. So if if you get a good place to start, is everybody in your house. If five people live in your house, get all that can vote. Get all of them to vote and persuade them to vote for who you want to. Yeah. Why not? It's nothing illegal to, to persuade your friends to vote for who you want to. Yeah. Tell them who you... There's, there's nothing illegal about that. And if you talk to people about Taylor Swift... <laughs> You'll talk to people about, you know, the restaurant you went to. You'll talk to people about, um, you Your know. sex life. You know, all <laughs> of these things, right? But you won't talk about, hey, uh, the issues that can actually help to better your life and better your community and exactly. all of these things, better and your schools. change. Right. So and, talk, and then try to influence that. So that's more strategic voting, in my opinion. And then backing candidates that are support your interest. You know, me, the beautiful thing about the Paperboy Prince paperboy love prince candidacy is i was backed by no groups any other candidate that you heard of was backed by some group whether it was literally the democratic party itself that was backing them whether it was um like major donors whether it was like some like of these liberal packs or corporate packs liberal packs like um justice democrats and um stuff like this like progressive democrats like things like this or dsa like all of these groups that like it's like a lot of money a lot of right like right money and organization and all of these things that can help prop people up and help them skip steps or help them reach more people in a quicker way me i didn't have none of that i didn't have none of i had no groups that were like yo paperboy we want to like promote you yo paperboy we want to help you we're building a team around none of that i really was a regular person that had to do it out of the mud yeah like i like me myself and then like convincing people around me and then slowly people in the community started believing in me like yo i want to volunteer for your campaign yo i want to do this to the to the point where okay i have a small staff of people that just are believing not because i'm paying them any money not because i'm doing any the many favors just because we're spreading love and we're actually like coming up with innovative ideas to change the world but do you think you need that backing to win i mean you definitely it helps you need money like people are like oh yeah it's like god you run for office and win up oh, a million dollars <laughs> you know that's not it but like with with a million dollars there's no way i'll ever lose yeah ever i ever. mean do you look at someone like aoc's campaign and see like I mean, she's more of a grassroots grassroots candidate than her incumbent, obviously, when she ran. And she was, like, a bartender. So do you kind of, like, model your campaign after what she did? The difference is, and why everyone can't do what what AOC did, is um, the big thing is, right? And here it is. (laughs) Let's Uh, hear it. Sorry, I'm answering this text. No worries. So. AOC. What was the question? Oh, yeah. The difference is, right, AOC was backed by a couple major groups. Mm. Like, she was out 
spent. They the her the incumbent had more money, but she she didn't do it on no money. Like I I think she got close to like somewhere between sixty or a hundred thousand, maybe yeah. her, her in her first primary, and then after that, a bunch of money started rolling in. You know. So, what she did was amazing, inspiring, and I think changed this country. Um, and sparked a revolution. Yeah. Uh, um, between a lot of people that felt unrepresented and underrepresented. So it was great. And there's a lot of things that, that she does, I think, are, that are dope. AOC follows me. And, like, uh, I actually just reached out to her the other day. And I love her. I think <laughs> I think she does a lot of great stuff. Does she reach back out? This the, It was literally just yesterday. I oh, okay, okay. But, and I've talked to a bunch of people on her team already. Yeah. Um... But the difference is, right, her first time around, she had backings from big groups. Yeah. Like, that knew the process, that could, like, walk her through it, that had, like, yeah. experience, that had, like, support. You know, she had, like, that's how the, the squad is even a thing, because they met from one of these liberal packs that were, like, supporting the, all these people. You know? So, like, if you don't have that, you have a lot less to lean on. You have a lot less of a safety net, if you will. Yeah. And it's still hard. With all of that stuff, it's still hard. It's still a battle. It's not like it's easy. It's not like it's a cakewalk. But that was outside of that. Yeah. And even without, you know, that money or that support, you still did really well. Especially running against Nidhi Velasquez, who's an incumbent, a long-time incumbent in this district. Yeah. I mean, not only did we did well, did we do well, I did better than most people that had that support like a lot of people that had support of these groups and that had all these endorsements mind you i didn't get one endorsement from any of these groups or anything like that most of the uh i got endorsements from the people real people regular people real businesses you know in the community yeah. but like from all of the big like esteemed thing they none of them endorsed me yeah. None of them, even though I was more probably for their interest than any of them, but they couldn't go against the uh, incumbent is at least what they say. So I didn't get any of the endorsements and then none of the. But I still got more votes than a lot of people that. did. Yeah, I mean, even like how I found out about you is like I was just curious who was running in my district and like who I actually wanted to vote for. So, you know, I saw Paperboy and then I saw Nydia and like I looked up both of the platforms and I didn't really find any information on like what Nydia even represented but like you I went to your Instagram I saw all like your messaging and like what you stood for and then your your website as well and I was like I have to vote for paperboy <laughs> so they I feel like it, did, it feels wait, so let me ask you a question did it feel and and don't say this because I'm here like be honest like when you saw it did you feel like oh I I'm did it make you want to vote Seeing did it make you, you care about the election? Like, seeing, like, oh, that's paperboy, Nidia, did, you, did well, you care? Did it make you want to vote? Like, what were your feelings about I cared about it? either way, even if it was, like, Nidia versus someone who was more typical of, like, what we think of as a politician. Like, I would care either way. But I think you being so different and having such a unique message and, like, actually trying, it seemed like, not just, like, expecting or feeling entitled to this race made me want to vote for you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Interesting. Yeah. It's just felt so different than, like, what I typically knew as politics. Like, stuffy, boring, not for me. Like, I don't really care. It doesn't super affect me. But it does, you know? And that's what a lot of people, I think, before this, before Trump in this election, um, 
think and thought. So that's why I think candidates like you are great as well, because you're showing people that it doesn't have to be politics doesn't have to be so like traditional or stuffy or white or like old, you know, it, it can be different. It can be fun. It can be unique. Like, I think that's awesome. I think that's what, what it's going to take to get younger people involved. Honestly, we need a paper boy in every state. (laughs) Literally, literally. That's why, that's why I have to win. Yeah. That's why I really have to win. So soon I'm going to announce I'm running for a a new office um, here in the area, in the neighborhood. And um, can you say what that is? uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. It's not a big deal. I'm 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 planning on running for city council, actually. Mm. Yeah. um, Which in the election is 2021. So that'll be next year which is right around the corner yeah um and i'm excited about it because i feel like we have a really good shot powerful than all of theirs yeah so what does a city council member do as opposed to like a congressperson i mean i know they legislate and laws and all that but like what would you be doing differently it would be more focused on city issues instead of like federal gotcha issues so um, yeah, it's more so city issues, but that's great because the city is, there's a lot of issues in the city that oh, I yeah. want to tackle specifically, and I still plan on running for Congress again in 2022. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You can do both? Or how long do those terms last? Uh, yeah, you can do both. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, you heard it here for first, guys. You may, I, you maybe actually have heard it here first. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I'm going to run for that. And then I'm going to run, actually, in all 11 congressional districts for Congress for 2022. Can you do that? You can do that. What? So, remember how we talked about making it interesting, getting people excited, like, helping people learn about the system. So, yeah. Yeah. So, as a way to kind of, because a big issue for me is gerrymandering. Yeah. Which is the process of basically, um, for the listeners who aren't sure, it's basically the process of using, you know, um, districting and redistricting to split up the power of the people in neighborhoods. Like, a lot of times, like, um, what they call minority populations. So, for me, and, like, the one of the ways that manifests itself is through... Remember how earlier you were asking me, like, what the district is, where it even is District 7, where I was running for Congress. Right. And it's so crazy cut up. It's not cut up in any typical way. It doesn't way. make sense. It doesn't make... Exactly. It doesn't make sense at all. So that's why I'm going to run in all 11 at once. Oh, my God. So it's it's a lot of work. Um, it's a whole lot of work. But, you know, them versus us. Mm-hmm. Us versus them. For me, it's like, it's our time. Yeah. It's all about us. We're I wanna, all one. Yeah, I want to bring people together. Like, they want to divide us. So you've got those universal messages that I feel like more and more people are latching on to and are understanding, especially after this year because shit has gone so bad. But it's like, yo, the Democrats, they're not they're not doing a good job of, of relaying a new message to the people and even bringing people in. In fact, I feel like they're losing people. I know. I mean, yeah. the Republicans, I feel like, not all Republicans, but the crazy right-wing ones, they go so far on hate. Like, it makes sense to rally people around love and caring and equality. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's, that's what, what the Democrats need to do. You're so right. 
Yeah. Did did you follow Marianne Williamson's campaign at all? Mm-mm. We can talk more about that maybe off the podcast because it seems like you are pretty interested in politics. I didn't used to be, but I'm getting more so. Interested. Okay. Yeah. No. We'll talk. We can talk more about. I I liked Marianne Williamson's platform at first. I thought she was really weird and crazy until I actually like went and like listened to some of her like lectures and stuff online because I really when I say I research I research yeah. and so I've researched like a lot of the presidential candidates and like especially like some more of the fringe ones and her lectures before she was even a presidential candidate just as an author and uh, like a motivational like speaker very spiritual like um I, I thought she was really great I think once she started getting her politician role and even now like she's gotten super fake Mm-hmm. And like too politicky, and like too like oh yes, like maybe she feels like she has to to win. Like like yeah, we have to do all the, but she wasn't gonna win anyway. And she, now she's like oh we have to do what the democrat Democrats say. You know, these are the democratic things. It's just like no, we got to do what love says. Yeah. What's the most loving thing? What is like like lead with that? I get what like is the practical thing, but I don't want to operate in practicalities. Like I want to operate in like magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what does that, like, realistically look like in a political campaign, though? Like, you hear, like, spread love, but what does that, ma- like, manifest into? A policy, for example. Well, like, spreading love was one of my policies on my platform. So to go through my policy platform, it was uh, universal basic income, health care for all, um, and spreading love. And, you know... Democracy dollars. Democracy dollars as well. That, for me, is super important, too, because it allows us to uh, even the playing field in the elections. I agree. And I feel like not a lot of people know about that Supreme Court decision that was made, I think, in, like, 2008, like, Citizens United versus the FEC, about how any corporation, any lobbying group can pour millions of dollars into a political campaign and get someone elected. And they don't think that there's a problem in that. That's why we can't pass any climate change deals in this country. Because huge corporations like Chevron and you know, so <laughs> you know, so so that's one of the reasons that democracy dollars is important to me. But um, it's important; it's very important. But spreading love is like a an actual policy. Like, what would that? Be? Yeah, so it would be like manifest itself as uh, community centers or hubs for community on like every block and or neighborhood in America. Yeah. And be like hyper local and hyper specific to the needs of that neighborhood. A place where you can get love. If you're a senior citizen and you need some help, if you're a, a young person, if you're a um, and I think, trying to start a new career, if you're yeah. going through something like, where do we go if you need to make a friend? Yeah. Where do you go if you've been through a breakup? Where do you go? Like, people like oh therapy da, da, da. but that stuff costs money that stuff is all it's not like accessible yeah it's not accessible it doesn't even feel like right we need a place where you can the same hot way how easy it is to get a mcdonald's burger it should be that easy to get love from your community mm-hmm. you should be able to have the way mcdonald's are there should be ways to get love places that you can you know uh talk with people and fellowship with people and I you agree. know build bonds and like i talk about this you know in during coronavirus, the government showed us how they can separate people. Stay home. Don't go out. Don't talk. Put on a mask. Stay home. Stay home. Don't go to school. Don't. They showed us how well they can separate people. Now it's time for them to show us how they can bring people together. Yeah. More love. More festivities. More friendships. More neighbors knowing each other. 
more kids being happy, more different genders and races and Interacting with religions coming together, being happy. We can do that. We need people that are leading the way saying like, yo, this is what we can do. It's okay for a Muslim person and a Christian person to give each other a hug. It's okay for two men to to cry and and deal with that. It's okay for you know, a younger person or older person to have a communication and talk. Yeah. Like we we need to have that happen and like you know, cuz people are hurting, they're suffering. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with like ending police brutality, funding community centers, defunding the police who over-police neighborhoods of color. That's a whole other podcast. Right. <laughs> that's that's literally a whole podcast. Like, I could talk about that for a while. So, wrapping up, because we're about to hit the hour mark. Okay, great. What is next for Paperboy? So, I know your political ambitions, but anything else you're doing popping off in the Brooklyn community that you want to talk about? Ways you're bringing people together physically, socially distanced, and mask on, of course, but... What's next? Yeah. So, well, we're opening a store um, that will also act as, like, a community center and hub and a place to spread love. So we're opening that. Do you know about this place called Playground Coffee Shop? I do. I know they they also have, like, a community fridge, which is something I've been working with, the Fridge Network. So, yeah, I've, like, helped to, like, deliver food. And, like, a book center with black and brown queer authors (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so i'm familiar i haven't like spent much time there you know the pandemic has kind of like limited certain things but they do community stuff really well yeah yeah so i've heard a lot of uh good things and i have some friends that uh work with them but um we're starting a new space right on um at 1254 myrtle avenue so and all the details will be about out about that soon but I'm super excited. A lot more music as well. Um, What's going to be in the store? Like, So I'm leaning the direction of like vintage clothes and events and talks. Like that type of vibe. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I could host a live podcast session. Part two of our conversation. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Like I said, I'm starting a podcast and like. I'm super, I, I, I was saying this to you before we recorded, but yeah. I'm like super into like music and. Um, What's your podcast going to be about? I'm, well, I'm doing one on conspiracy theories because oh. I already have like, do have like a bunch of those on YouTube. I may have took some of them down from yeah. during the election, but I have like a bunch of them <laughs> and they're also really funny. Do you know who Young Pharaoh is? I, I think I'm familiar. Like, like a YouTuber. Like a big conspiracy theory YouTuber, but yeah, anyways. Yeah, so I know. I, I love that stuff. So And I have know a bunch of people in that world. So I'm thinking that, but also just like my life and everything that's going on and uh, just like talking. Like I did radio in college for a while. I had a bunch of like actually successful radio shows. Yeah. I had like the number one radio show at my college um, for a while. So... <laughs> But no, I'm saying that to say I'm looking to produce my own podcast and other podcasts because I feel like it's a very... I mean, people will say it's saturated, but like, there's no competition, you it know? Ha- Oh, it hasn't even got started yet. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like calling podcasts saturated is like saying there's too many people making music during like Beethoven's time. Yeah. Like, we're before <laughs> Beethoven's time in podcast era. 
literally. Yeah. So so it's not even close to saturated. It's like the, the market hasn't even started. It's literally just starting now. That makes me feel better. <laughs> it's literally just starting. Like people are just starting to be. It's just becoming an actual job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just like it's just starting and it's starting off great and it's something that's so unique because as a musician, right? Like you know, musicians work two years to make an hour-long audio thing, an album. Yeah. They work a year, two years. Yeah. Some, some might do it in a month, some might do it in a week. But, you know, a lot of big artists, like Ariana Grande, you said, she comes out an album, what, once every year, once every two years? I don't know. I don't follow her like that. Yeah, she did, like, two in one year, which is, like, a pretty big deal for a pop star. Right, 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 right. And, like, rappers do it all the time, pop stars. That was her, like, working through her pain. Right. So <laughs> so she did, so, yeah, so it took her one year to make two albums. Podcasters, they do that every week. They yeah. make an hour worth of audio every week, and it's on the same platforms. It's on YouTube, it's on right. SoundCloud, it's on Apple and Spotify, all this stuff. So, and then there's ads that can be in it. Then, you know, I feel like listeners are even more loyal than music because you get more in tune mm-hmm. um and then you can also do live events too like a lot of podcasts they do live you know before covid they were doing live shows totally. at the same places that artists perform at yeah so it's like little it, it's like the future of storytelling yeah so it's it's wide open so i want to do that and, and like i want to do multiple um, so I'm looking for like to build a cast of people or, um, you know, like different, uh, what's the word? Like not guests, but co-hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Or for like segments and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a couple people who knows, maybe it's something <laughs> we can talk about. I'm know. available. <laughs> if you're going to quit, it has to be five years from now. But yeah. then in five years, you've been doing it five years, it doesn't make sense to quit at that point. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will evolve into something bigger. Like, I have hopes for it and dreams, as I'm sure you do for yours. So, we'll see. Okay, so you've got the store, the podcast, a whole empire of things. Anything else you want the listeners to know about Right, you? stores, the clothes. We have a bunch of clothes coming with that. Like I said, the music. Let me know. I live down the street. <laughs> no, literally. Hmm. <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at this. Not really, but I am working towards it, so. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think it's one of those things of consistency is key. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those things of, like... Paperboy merch? Paperboy merch. I'm running for office again. So if you want to uh, volunteer for our campaign, hit me up. Or just volunteer for our community initiatives, yeah, actually. where can people find you online? Paperboyprints.com, and that should have my all of my social media, paperboyprints.com. And uh, my Instagram is at paperboytheprince. Yay. And, um, yeah, so that's that's what's coming up. Am I forgetting anything? There's a bunch of big things that actually happening. TV shows, films, um, a bunch of good things. Second so. tour with Azalea, maybe? <laughs> maybe so. I'm, I'm also doing a bunch of shows and stuff like that. So. Yeah, cool. Well, maybe we'll have to do a part two follow-up. We'll, uh, we'll definitely speak again. Hey guys, sorry for the abrupt ending. 
words are hard for me but as always thanks so much for listening please rate review subscribe on apple Podcasts if you like the episode and you like the show um always open to any feedback or comments you have as well thanks so much for listening again love you guys bye